What is going on, my friends? I hope you are doing well today. The team at TRE wants to say thank you so much for all the support. Thank you for joining today. This is the Real Estate Podcast, and we want you guys to do us a solid. If you don't mind, can you help us get the message out? We believe that real estate can be for anybody, and we believe there's opportunities for people to grow with us. So if you can, please share, subscribe, like, comment. Thank you for being here on our journey, and we are going to continue to add as much value as we possibly can and try to shake up the industry. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Matt Typeke Alex Kaufman Experience. Something like Joe Rogan show. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, Real Estate Podcast here. Today we are uh, excited. We had a company event last night. We um, <clears throat> are pushing forward with the goals and the vision at TRE, which is to constantly help people get more out of real estate for themselves. And we're focused on helping people grow their own brand and their own team. And we say, forget the traditional way that brokerages do it. Uh, we're going to do it our way. And we're going to do it with a lot of good people and everyone build and help each other grow. So it's exciting. Constantly uh, getting better. We have a, uh, <clears throat> I've got a guy texting me right now, which um, he's bringing an offer on our listing, which is great. We do some company listings. Uh, help sellers maximize their price and we do some cool marketing for them and uh, what we want to give you a little insight into today is the roadmap and this is the the literal map that Alex and I have been building out for about I don't know eight months maybe <laughs> since like the idea mm -hmm. and the, the goal is to have an outline of a step-by-step -step, uh, plan to find financial freedom through real estate and to learn as many aspects as we could think of in a really uh, in-depth and detailed way to really become a master of your craft. And so right now we're on step nine. We've already recorded a lot of these things privately, uh, but we're gonna keep recording this roadmap. We're gonna turn it into something that we can offer for sale. If you guys wanna buy uh, or get access to this roadmap or you just join the brokerage and you get it for free. Um, <clears throat> so just general idea uh learn every step uh in depth and thoroughly of like finding off-market deals doing leasing doing property management flipping houses owning houses and being a realtor at the same time and looking at these things from a chess type mindset where there's a lot of moving parts and you're putting things together and a lot of puzzle pieces and we're just excited to uh let you guys listen in um let us know any thoughts feedback uh we're excited about this roadmap and we're going to just lay it all out. So step number nine <clears throat> that we're going to dive in today is working with buyer and seller clients. So the whole concept is make money in and on real estate at TRE. In is the uh, commission side and uh, building your business that way. On is the ownership side. But we'll break it down to buyer and seller clients. <clears throat> so real quick for going yeah. into it. Uh, <coughs> I gotta see what you said real quick too, because yeah, go ahead. I'm negotiating this this listing. <clears throat> it's uh, so this is step number nine in the roadmap, and for a uh, new real estate agent who's uh, starting out, it may seem odd that uh, you know, step number nine. I mean, sorry, buyer and seller clients <coughs> is step number nine, right? 
Like it's uh, even before, I mean, it's after, uh, you know, your education, leasing, management, meeting off-market owners, meeting investors for coffee, writing offers, shadowing the wholesale team. Then, you know, kind of looking at step number nine, buyer and seller clients, uh, as opposed to maybe the traditional route of step one <clears throat> yeah, good is point. leasing buyer, seller clients. Yeah. Yep. That's a good point. So yeah, this is step nine in the process to the uh, entrepreneur, entrepreneur roadmap. So, uh, really, uh, to start off with buyers, <clears throat> you really need to get uh, confident in knowing that you're committed to this game and that, yes, you know, you got to just go find someone that wants to buy. But before that, you need to be confident that you've asked the right questions and you've put in the work to to understand, like, what is this all about, right? And break it down to the basics of what is paragraph one? What is paragraph two? And I I actually went line by line uh, with a guy uh, every day for a long time and asked questions on every single line. At a point, I had it memorized. I don't anymore, unfortunately. But what the contract? <clears throat> one yeah. four. Not I didn't have it like memorized like word for word. Yeah, but each. But section. I knew I knew every paragraph. Uh huh. Um, and so uh, it's just really important to understand like what is option, what is earnest, what's the title company. Um, what is, you know, the first three lines as far as price, like that's kind of confusing when you're first getting started. It's like, wait, where do I put the price? There's three lines and you got to put numbers on all three of them for the most part. And, uh, just truly like diving into the contract, you want to be confident when, uh, the, the reality is like, you don't really fully need to know this stuff if you have a good broker, but you do want to be confident when you're working with someone that. Uh, you can make it happen and it's going to make you just better at what you're doing in general with that confidence. I, yeah, I'd say, I'd say you need to know it. Uh, you need to know the contracts. You need to know the addendums, uh, not just for, you know, uh, competency reasons and for you to, you know, understand what you're doing when you're representing somebody, but um, you can't fully understand how to negotiate deals or, or work deals or represent somebody well, or, represent yourself well or what's even possible if you don't know you know what to uh put in the contracts when where and why uh and how to you know work things right so mm -hmm. like there's a lot of people uh you you may not even I'm just, there's a lot of people who don't even uh write contracts right like tcs transaction coordinators coordinators will handle that uh but i think uh just for yourself as uh the entrepreneur and uh not just representing buyers and sellers and doing all things real estate that you should absolutely know the the contract. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, and, and get the confidence. Um, so that's my first thing. And, and if you're getting your license, like you pretty much have to learn the contract. I mean, that's a huge part of the classes, but uh, learn the contract. Number one, like, like take some time to, to really understand how to write offers and how to do them in uh, creative ways if needed. Right. If there's a HOA, if it's a, financing contingency if you're going to have an escalation clause and then understand all the ways to get out of the contract because that is extremely important you have to uh know how to protect your client and how to protect timelines because there's a lot of times when deals don't go through because of financing and it's not really your fault as an agent uh, it's really on the lender and the buyer 
but you need to know how to protect them and at least let them know like, Hey, your financing contingency is coming up or whatever it may be. Like, you know, make sure your lender's good. You can, you, if the buyer can't get the money, that's not on you as the realtor. Right. Mm. But it comes back to you sometimes, unfortunately. That's, that was a huge deal for me when I lost like two grand. Uh, cause I had, I wrote a, a client, my uh, personal money for his earnest money refund cause he couldn't get it back. So <clears throat> really, uh, learning the contract, learning the ways to get out of it. And then you have to, uh, you know, build that knowledge base to then go find clients. And the big thing there, which I always did was I would sit down with my buyers and I'd walk them through the general idea of what it looked like to buy a house. Um, this is what option period is and you're going to have a time period for inspections and this is what the money goes to and this is the earnest money and then it's like you kind of explain some of the basics and then it's like at, at, at the point we go in our contract and we pass the option, the most important thing for you as a buyer is to, to get everything with your lender mm -hmm. to be prepared to close. And so I would meet with people um, and I would explain that. I would understand their needs and their goals. I would try to put an investment mindset uh i would I'd try to help instill uh, investment mindset with what they're doing to be like hey this is something that if you play this right you can really build your net worth and you can do this consistently over time um, and some people don't really care that much they just want the primary right um but the more you talk about that and the more you understand their goals and and educate them the better you're going to do in the process and you're going to be able to as we're talking about on this roadmap and the goal is like, you're going to be able to find opportunities for yourself. So, uh, they're going to pass on certain deals that might, the numbers might not work or they don't like the area. And then that's an opportunity for you personally to buy that house. So I would always, <clears throat> I would always try to maximize my time. And if I go look at 15 houses, like technically you could write an offer on all 15 because there's a price that makes sense and you've seen it. Mm -hmm. You probably should do that. And so it's like, all right, cool. Like not only am I helping them close a the deal, but I'm also getting to see the market, like seeing the market. Uh, don't take that for granted. Uh, when you're looking, if you just go look at, you know, if, if we were to both to look at 10 houses a day, we would be better. We would have more market knowledge than we do mm -hmm. because we would just like actively see like, Oh, that one sold this fast and look at this one. And they listed it at this price. So there's just so much value you can get. That's the whole in and on of, you're helping someone else, you're making a commission, but you also have to have that investment mindset constantly. Uh, and you can use it for other clients too. Like, hey, it's not for me, it's not for this client. Well, it's maybe for my other client. Mm -hmm. So you gotta find a good balance there. But it's it's amazing uh, that you can get so many values out of one thing. Right. It's amazing. Um, and then you also can get to build relationships with listing agents and you get to uh, understand what clients that they have and talk to listing agents, get them to join TRE and get the revenue share. Yeah. Right. Like you go, uh, it's, it's, we've talked about this, but it's so much easier and we offer a lot, but it's so much easier for other people to sell the brokerage than it is for us. And so like, if you're out there and you're like, Hey, this is what we do. This is who we are. Like, are you happy? And just plant the seed. Um, nobody ever is going to join right away. Um, they're like, why are you making these, why are you making these low offers? Like, because it works. And so um, it's really exciting process to dive in and to embrace it and to not worry about the results as much as like, am I doing a great job? Like 
I was like obsessed with, uh, I want to be like perfect in this transaction for my client and to, to constantly check in with them and get a good review and like make them like really enjoy this experience. And like, that's what I did when I was first getting started. And, uh, you can, uh, have fun, like make friends with your clients. You know, you, you get the ability in this business to work with people that you like. You don't really have to work with people if you don't feel like it's a good fit um, because you're not getting paid until you close. So hopefully you're going to enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the big thing is like to fully embrace representing a buyer to do the best job you can. And then you're going to find opportunities outside of that. One of the uh, biggest questions, <clears throat> and we've covered it a lot in kind of step one through eight, um, but, uh, brand new real estate agent, um, how do you get clients? Mm-hmm. So like, where does, where do these, uh, leads come from? How do you find mm-hmm. buyers listings? There's so many ways. Um, the, obviously you see people put business cards in coffee shops. I don't know how well that works. I'm sure it does. Uh, when I first got started, I was paying for Zillow leads and now it's kind of pretty expensive. Um, I would go post on Craigslist constantly. Um, that's actually how I built a relationship with uh, Waters. <coughs> they reached out and <clears throat> we started talking. I got banned just like I did from everything on Craigslist because I was posting too many ads. Hmm. And I was like, holy. I, was, I mean, I was like obsessed with it. Um, one thing that I think is really beneficial <clears throat> that people don't do enough of, and I was talking to Freddie and those guys last night about it is uh, getting to know business owners and as a realtor um, getting to know the community most business owners want to get to know people they're trying to build their business right so like you, you can go sit down at a restaurant and it's okay to ask who owns it and then get some content with them right like promote their business and then you're also promoting yourself at the same time and if you just simply stay in touch with that person there's going to be leads so getting to involved with the community on knowing business owners, helping them build their business. You can uh, go to meetups. I mean, like, especially if you're in a hot market, everybody's looking for deals. So <clears throat> as you're finding opportunities, don't have a scarcity mindset of like, they have to sign this buyer rep for me to send them deals. Just send them deals. And like, if you provide value, they're going to, they're going to close with you. Mm-hmm. So I was big on uh, having a profile on bigger pockets. <clears throat> I was uh, really uh, adamant about I would I would pull uh, certain MLS listings like Round Rock under 300, all the duplexes in Austin, and everything in a five mile radius from Apple. And I would literally just post that. I would just post like 15 deals, like like every couple weeks, and that would lead to people knowing that I'm a real estate professional. Mm-hmm. So just putting yourself out there over a long period of time, uh, massive amount of conversations, social uh-huh. media, uh, bigger pockets, passing out cards, talking to business owners, knocking on doors if you have to, getting creative like John Michael Perez does on our team and like offering people steak dinner when there was a freeze or getting a billboard. Um, it's all marketing and relationships. And so there's no secret other than the best thing I can say is talk to five to ten people every day and tell them what you do and stay in touch with them. And then you're going to end up having clients. Right. <clears throat> Why do you think people don't do that? Uh, I think that it's, it's the results aren't as immediate as people like, and that's what makes it so hard to continue to follow <clears throat> up with people. Yeah. Cause nobody is ever, I mean like 
it happens, right? But like, you're never like, hey, I'm a realtor. It's like, oh, great. I'm looking to buy a house. And then 30 days later, you buy a house. It just doesn't work that way. Right. <clears throat> one, uh, I heard someone once say that uh, real estate agents don't have a lead gen problem. They have a follow-up problem. Yeah, totally. And like, if you've got, you know, 500,000, 2,000 contacts in your phone, if you just stayed in touch with people and uh, tried to provide value, like you said, check in with them, even if it's just five to 10 a day, uh, you know, something will come from that. Yeah, it absolutely will. And, um, the other thing is there's a lot of realtors that have stuff they, they don't want to deal with. I mean, you could just call, there's so many things you could do. You could call 10 realtors a day and say, I'm trying to build my business. <clears throat> and, you know, you were once where I'm at, like, I need some leads. They're actually going to care. Yeah. They're going to send you something. Well, there's how a, easy is that? There's a lot of real estate agents <clears throat> that would probably send you any leasing lead that comes in. Yeah. Same thing for some real estate agents don't work with buyers, right? So if they get some buyer leads from their listings, they may send them to you for a referral fee. There's so many creative things. What if you went to an apartment complex and just knocked on doors and um, gave people $5 off of a, a pizza that you got from the pizza owner for free and now you get to know these people and they're all gonna be moving. <laughs> they're not gonna live in that apartment forever. <clears throat> That's so simple. Yeah. <clears throat> but like I said, they're not gonna buy, sorry. They're not going to buy right away. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the other thing, like, I'm cold calling. And, like, I, I wish I could, like, explain uh, the mindset. But I'm genuinely just so happy that I have the owner's phone number. Mm -hmm. Like, that's literally the biggest win for me, that they talk to me. Mm -hmm. Because I probably need to find a better way to store their names. But I'm maybe you have some advice. But I'm just storing their name. And then it will be, like, 1900 Rawhide. There's like all these addresses, which is good. Maybe I should put like off-market seller or something. Well, dude, we'll just, uh, I mean, just throw it in your uh, KB core count <clears throat> and recategorize it as like. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I'm got them all highlighted. And your phone. So the idea is like eventually they're going to, if I stay in touch, somebody's going to sell or buy. Mm -hmm. But also uh, the big thing for me is if I have a client looking on Rawhide. Yeah. I got a list of 10 names that say rawhide. And so that is a huge value that realtors can provide. And that's the whole thing here that we're trying to help people is like real estate agents have become lazy. And like, that's why all this other stuff exists. Like when was the time when <clears throat> real estate agents weren't lazy? Good, good question. I mean, maybe it's uh like, why do you say that? You know what? Why do you say they're lazy? Well, because, um, you can go on a computer uh -huh. and I'm, it's not like I'm not guilty of this. Um, and just, you can just find like, there was a time for me when the market was hot, when I sold like, literally I sold like nine or 10 houses in a row in like two, three month period. And I never even looked at any of it. Like I never stepped inside of them, mm -hmm. but I had people go look at them and get pictures and put signs up. But I, I never, not even like during any part of the deal, like that was, that was lazy of me. Uh, but real estate allows you to do that in some ways of like, Hey, you're looking to buy a house. Okay. Click, 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 send. Like that's the extent of my work and then go open doors. But there's not a lot of value in that. And that's maybe why all these tech companies and commissions are going down and why wholesaling exists. Cause to me, if, if I'm doing my job like fully, then I'm going to be doing wholesaling activities uh, for my client. Right. And, like I said, I'm not like by any means perfect on this, 
But when you understand this, then you can, you can take it a step further and get better as an agent. Just like what I'm saying right now, like I almost think that if you're not cold calling as an agent or an entrepreneur, like you're just, you're not doing the right thing. Like you have to be finding off market deals. Otherwise what's, what is your value? Well, uh, every deal is off market until it goes on market. Right. Yeah. So they, uh, you know, but you just have to, I have an inventory. We have an inventory of stuff that people aren't seeing. Right. right. I understand. I'm just saying, uh, all these deals that you do see on the MLS, all these houses for sale, Right before they're on the MLS, they're off market. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the goal is to you know find these deals and find these sellers uh, before you know the general population sees it. Totally. So that's uh, just helping you take it a step further to like really extract value out of your time and what you have <clears throat> going on. And um, as always, right, you're going to be finding investment opportunities for yourself, and you're going to be finding other people that are doing the same thing that you can team up and partner with. And so that's the buyer side. The, the listing side's very similar. It's the same concepts, uh, except for the fact that you're now walking them through like, what does it mean to list a house? And there's an opportunity there as well, which we always present to the seller of, this is what we think you could sell it for. This is what the process would be like. Uh, as a seller, you gotta tell them, hey, the buyer's the only one that can back out of the contract. You can't as a seller. And um, they're going to have their option period. You know, they're going to negotiate. The inspection port's going to look intense. They're going to need to have access to the house. Um, so what we do in the entrepreneurial path is like, here's the process to sell. Here's what we think you could get. Here's your timeline. Or uh, would you think about keeping it and we could manage it? Or we could pay this and we would close a lot quicker and we, we can pretty much guarantee that we'll close by giving you non-refundable significant earnest money day one. And so uh, that's a whole process that's like really um, a good balance to find, but <clears throat> your chances of getting something go way up when you present a lot of options to people because you let them pick their option rather than yes or no. And I don't think many people do that. Mm -hmm. Right. And like you don't understand until you get in the game, but there is reasons why people sell quicker or cash or they don't care about the price as much. There's always a reason with the, uh, <clears throat> with the large amounts of earnest money mm -hmm. and like long close dates, mm -hmm. I'll say I'm starting to like that less and less. Uh, the, uh, like we got one in East Austin, had under contract for a year and like now he doesn't want to sell. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's only $20 in earnest and option mm. in that one. However, there's a point where like that, that, uh, and like this one we have in East Austin with, uh, Chris too, I'm thinking, man, a year from now it's, you know, we got like 10 K locked up into it and we have another deal that we can file, you know, the memor Chris. memorandum and everything. Uh, but like you know, our memorandum on the Hutto house is good. However, our earnest money is locked up for forever now until maybe 20 years down the road, he decides to sell mm -hmm. or, you know, the lien gets taken care of. And like the, the one with Chris, we got a lot of earnest money locked up in there. And no, I hear you. It's, it's interesting to see how it's going to play out <clears throat> because I talked to that guy uh, last week and we got 10 K and we, he's hopefully signing another extension. That's what I just texted Chris about. But he was like, 
you know, what if I can't buy anything? Well, know? that happens. <clears throat> that happened in the East Austin one. <clears throat> I mean, he could have uh, a year ago, and now he can't. And he's like, I can't move. Like, I'm not, I don't want to sell anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to tell you, but. <laughs> It'd be interesting. Like, th this is like a gray area of like, you, you could get a court and the judge is like, could side with them maybe. But I think when we put non-refundable 10K, at a minimum, they'd have to pay us back like that plus a good amount of interest. But it's not what we're doing it for. Yeah, you know, we'd have to go fight it and everything. I was just throwing that out there. No, I hear you. I, I've thought about it because... It's good until the seller changes their mind, and then you have to fight that part. It's probably a lot better with commercial deals because that's not... You're, you know, the, the court's going to be on your side. When mm -hmm. you get into someone's house, it's a little tricky. Yeah. Although we're doing everything right. Right. I hear you, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I get it. Like, I like him, but I hated the Hutto deal. Like, we... We uh, had a deal on Hutto, and he just said he's not closing, and we had to file a memorandum of contract, and who even knows of how that plays out. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, we have our earnest money sitting there. Mm -hmm. um, so it's uh, it's going to be interesting. We're going to learn a lot on a lot of these. I mean, that's <laughs> we're constantly learning here. Like, we've been doing this for a while, but there's always something new. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, totally. I mean, back to the listings, it's just like presenting people with multiple options and listing is like, hey, we're going to list it at TRE. We can market it as good as anybody, if not better, based on social media that we have. But then you say, like, my value is going to come from negotiating and from being responsive and from getting you what's important for yourself. Like, I'm, I'm doing it right now with Tyler. He already said he's good at 380. And Sean's, like, texting me, and I'm like, it's 385. And I'll call Tyler back and be like, hey, man, 385. Mm -hmm. They pumped up. You remember the deal with uh, <clears throat> uh, Aaron's house? Boyer? Uh-huh. No, I, I can't remember. Similar s circumstance where they were fighting all these things. I was on the phone with y'all too, uh -huh. and uh, you're like, you know, you had already uh -huh. said like, hey, no, we're not doing this. We need this. Uh -huh. And Aaron was good to take less, yeah. and I think you got him more. Yeah, that's fun. I enjoy doing that. Mm -hmm. It's real. Yeah. And like, you got the control uh, when you have the listing. And you got to utilize that to the best of your client's advantage. And like Sean's trying to strong arm me about title company. And I'm like, you're going to lose the deal over the title company. Well, that's important for us. Mm -hmm. um, and if we lose it, like we'll get another buyer, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, he, the property's rented and it's under 400 K in round rock. So it's all good. Um, but yeah, I love, I love negotiating. I love it. And I, I try to like, tell Lexi this because we're having some issues with our contractors at our house <clears throat> and my thing is like anytime somebody tries to change something on you in a deal like there's give and take like if you try to change like happened yesterday we we're doing the short-term loan and they're like we actually need 60 days when on the phone he told me 30 Ooh, to, rough yeah yeah he told me 30 to 40 and it, it means something yeah I mean when you say 30 to 45 days and then you say 45 to 60 it's like you just doubled it Right. So double the interest. So you got to ask at a minimum. And so like Lexi's like, you know, these contractors are, uh, they said they, they mismet, they literally like mismeasured twice. And she's like, give them all the slack. And I'm like, that's like the only thing you do is you, you know, that's like the job measure it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, well if the price is going up, then, Hey, we need like, you know, an extra six weeks to pay you mm -hmm. or something. 
Right. Right. Um, you always got to ask for something back. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, maybe not to everybody, but when you're negotiating, <clears throat> when something changes, if anything changes, everything else potentially changes. Right. <clears throat> and we, we live that. Mm-hmm. So back to, you know, the East Austin house, it's like, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, we actually, at a time, we thought time was our biggest advantage. Now we're kind of like not feeling that way. So it's like, it all right, man, be. if you want to extend it, like we, it can be, but it can also. We change. need to now lower the price. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, right. It's tricky, dude. I'd, I'd like to get y'all's opinion on this, honestly, because just in negotiating and business in general, like there's this weird balance that I'm trying to understand of like, you want to be a good person, and you want to like take care of people and do what's right. But business is kind of business, right? And so like in a, in a straight business sense, if, if let's say you own some land and I like know there's oil on it and you don't, do you think there's anything wrong with me buying that with knowledge that you don't have? I feel like some people would be like, you got to tell them that there's oil. But like, that's just how business is. Mm-hmm. And it applies to everything like sports or whatever, like, you know. What's your... Can you be more specific with the like if you have knowledge that other people don't um, do you do you see anything wrong with taking advantage of that? And I always liken it to sports or something like the cornerback, you know, cornerback's ankles, you know, sprain. Go go at that guy. Mm -hmm. And nobody sees any problem with that. Mm -hmm. And there's money involved, millions of dollars. Right. Mm -hmm. But I feel like people look at a problem of like. You know, oh, you knew that that had a, a different zoning, or like you knew that that had oil, and they think of that as uh, like being a bad person. Yeah, is that what? What's the opposite of that? Opposite of what? And what's what do you do? Like, hey, uh, you know, I want to buy your your land because it's got this much oil on it, mm-hmm. and just pay them a higher price, I guess. I, I, I lean towards not doing that, but I'm genuinely like, I hate the idea that people think it's like you're well, being a bad person. What makes you think people think you're a bad person for it? Uh, would you, do you think people would, I mean, that's pretty, I feel like people that don't understand business, they think that way. They're like, you're trying to take advantage of people. Hmm. Would you agree with me? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I lean towards like, Hey, this is business. You know, if, if it is what it is, but I don't, obviously I don't want to, I just, I, it's weird to me, like the sports versus like business, like people look at it so different and it's, it's all business too, though. Well, it's consumers as well. Uh, if, <clears throat> if you go to Walmart and maybe something's marked down too low, mm-hmm. uh, do you not buy it? Or do you go to, uh, do you go to the cashier and you're like, Hey, you have this marked down 75%, but I really think you should only be giving me 50%. Sure. No, trust, I'm on your side. I just It's just something that I've been thinking about. I don't, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe, how, they, maybe people just don't, if you're being negative about it, maybe you just don't understand business. The, the way things uh, are bought is you wouldn't buy something if you didn't think the value you're receiving is going to exceed what you're paying. Sure. Right. So in any scenario, uh, you buy this phone because you value talking and texting and 
you know, everything you can do on a phone versus the $750 it costs or $900 it costs. Mm -hmm. Or like you buy a house because you think you're going to get more value than the 400,000 you're spending on it. Mm. Uh, or you wouldn't buy it if you didn't think you were going to get more value than the money. Otherwise the money is totally. more valuable than buying that thing. Right. So in any situation where anybody's buying anything, uh, period, mm -hmm. uh, and same thing for the seller, right? They think sure. that this money's more valuable than holding onto this thing, whether it's a phone or a table or a piece of land or, uh, whatever. Right. Mm. Yeah. So both parties in both in any scenario, when someone's buying or selling something, uh, the buyer believes they're getting more value than the money they're paying for it. And the seller thinks that the money is more valuable than the thing that they're selling. Mm -hmm. And, uh, each party thinks they're getting more value doing this trade than the thing that they have. Otherwise they wouldn't do it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree. I get it. So nobody buys anything because they think they're breaking even. Yeah. But I'm saying, I'm just saying when there's like <laughs> significant, right? Like, you know, it's like, Hey, I just basically stole this. If there's, you know, oil or whatever it may be. What's the difference between uh minimum value on top of received or significant value? People saying that other people got taken advantage of. Well, but if that was the case, why wouldn't uh, there never be any extra value received? Mm -hmm. It shouldn't matter. Uh, morally, it shouldn't matter if you're receiving just a little bit more right. or a significant amount more. If it's a moral thing, then any amount more is an issue. Sure. Or it should be. Sure. Otherwise, do you get to pick that line or does he get to pick that line? Or at what point is, mm -hmm. you know, minimum value at what point does the value exceed the line where it's acceptable or not? Right. No, I get it. Yeah. Hey, trust me. Like, it's just, I lean towards like, Hey, it's, you know, this is a free market and I, I just relate it to sports all the time. What, what way? With the cornerback with a broken it, ankle? Yeah. It's like, you know, the, the extreme example that people put is like, Oh, you're taking advantage of the little old lady. And like, that is a, uh, obviously that sounds bad, right? <laughs> like, but there's, you know, you can't force anyone to do anything. And I don't think we, yeah, we bought from one old lady once. Uh, but like people look at that and they think it's horrible. I, I don't, you know, and I'm just like, it's maybe just a mental block um, because it's like you're agreeing to a deal. Like there's risk. I mean, you, you could buy this property that has oil and then, you, you know, interest rates, you have a flexible mortgage and the, you know, their interest rates triple. Like you're taking risk, right? But like no one ever says anything bad about uh, it being with sports. Well, money is not the most important thing to a lot of people. Uh, like yeah, if, if you this this little old lady, if you went and talked to her uh, and brought her breakfast or something every week, <clears> and you know took her to the park and walked with her, and she gave you this property for free because mm. she doesn't care about money. Uh, like, yeah. are you taking advantage of her or? Uh, sure. You well, know, like, yeah, I get it. If you get it for free, but you're helping her out and you're, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, uh, money is not the most important thing to a lot of people totally. and, and it shouldn't be. Yeah. And so I think, uh, from an outside perspective, uh, without knowing anything about any of the parties, it's very easy to say that, uh, wow, you paid $20,000 less than market value, or you got this land that has oil on it or 
whatever scenario you want to relate it to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easy to say that when uh, you don't know the story about anything. Yeah, uh, true. And, you know, maybe this person doesn't care about oil. Maybe they don't care about the land. Maybe they uh, want to help you out. Uh, sure. Maybe they know that they're getting less value, but they're like, I remember when I was, you know, mm-hmm. this guy's age and I want to help him out or... Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people just, I don't think that money is the most important thing to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, um, uh, if everybody thought logically mm-hmm. in terms of uh, finances and dollar amounts and just straight numbers, then the world wouldn't operate the way that it does. Mm-hmm. And people act, uh, you know, quote unquote, irrationally mm-hmm. uh, based on a lot of different things, right? Uh, I would not dive into it, but like the game theory, if mm. you've ever heard about that or looked into that, mm. uh, from a, the guy from a beautiful mind, uh, people, people act quote unquote irrationally, uh, for a lot of different reasons. Um, and it, and it doesn't make sense a lot of the times. Yeah. Why is Andrew doing pushups over there right now? <laughs> Andrew can't do pushups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 that's good. I like it. Um, yeah, well, counseling sessions with Matt. But uh, <laughs> why do you keep saying that? Because I'm always like, uh, like just kind of, it kind of is, right? Yeah, I'm like venting and like getting ideas, getting feedback and stuff on like stuff I'm like struggling with and wrestling with. Why? Why are you struggling with that right now? Oh, I, I'm not necessarily right now, but uh, I just thought about it in the in the past of like, hey man, like I. I want to be a good person and like, you know, maybe I care too much about what people think. If they're like, you taking advantage of somebody, it's like, not, that's not, I'm not sitting here. Like I want to go take advantage of people, but this is the landscape that exists in the world and business. And like, you have to use your knowledge to your best advantage. Right. And so like, we're just, we're all thrown into this world and doing the best we can, you know? And I, I don't, do you think you're taking advantage of people? No, I've never. Yeah, no, I don't. But even uh well my that's that's my point yeah but like it's important to talk about it right because you would know if you were right sure you know right from wrong you you would know if you were or anybody well i take advantage of situations though of like sure um if i know so maybe in some ways i am right of like if i know more about you know time value of money than someone else does and i can get a two-year contract well then i'm gonna do that uh, correct. Sure. Uh, however, again, um, time value money as an example, uh, that may be extremely valuable to you, uh, in, in terms of the time, but sure. it may not be valuable to somebody else. Right. This, you know, the seller or whoever it is, they may not give, they, they don't care, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they do to a certain extent, but, uh, people, um, they want to, uh, people do things cause they, the deal wouldn't get done if, if, uh, they didn't want to do it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we always close them and we get people what we agree to. And there's not anybody that I know of that can say we didn't like, it's what we told you. This is what we agreed to. And we made that happen. Right. So I love it, man. It's a, uh, it, hopefully it's insightful. I'm sure there's other people that think about this and, you see all these comments. I don't read them that much, but like comments of like, we did one where like, I'm gonna show you how we made, uh, use time to make money. And like, we extended this contract. And he's like, 
you're taking advantage of that guy. It's like, no, they were totally fine with it. That's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I like what you said. It's like, because it doesn't matter what people think, but the reality is they don't know anything about this, any of the, anything of the, these particular deals. They can't. Yeah. They have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. I mean, like, like I, I think, you know, we're getting taken advantage of on this duplex deal that we're buying because, you know, this guy's not doing what we wouldn't do that. Sure. But at the same token, <clears throat> uh, we still feel like we're getting value from this yeah, deal or we sorry. wouldn't do it. Totally. But I'm just saying, uh, maybe that's the intricacies of like how to be the good person that what we're trying to do. Right. It's like, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have fixed it that way. If we told him what he told us three days ago, mm-hmm. there's a house, there's three duplexes we're buying and it was hit by these tornado, this tornado. And we walked around the property and we're like, all right, like this was because he agreed to to bring it to the condition it was before the tornado. And there's like holes in the siding, like pretty big holes and gutters are bent, like crushed. Uh, the siding from the, the roofs off, it's fallen off. And he's like, yeah, I'll fix that. I'll fix that. I'll fi-. I'm like, great. And then like, apparently he just like, you know, bent the gutter back out and filled the holes with putty. And I'm talking to this guy. He's like, that's, that's all I'm doing. It's like, and he keeps saying, I told you I bring it up at or work. I'm like at or better condition. Like that's how is that at or better? That's not even close. What are you even talking about? Mm-hmm. But like we wouldn't do that. Like right. we would replace, if we told him that we would replace it, we would replace it. He feels like he's getting taken advantage of. You remember? He said, I feel like I'm getting shorted on this deal. Yeah. Because of the, we got a good price apparently. Which we did, but, um, apparently <laughs> we, uh, he's, he is actually taking advantage of us because he knows that we want to buy this, but he says he's not going to close. He's like, you either close or you back out. So he's like strong arming us and we probably could get an attorney and like, who knows, probably waste of time and money, but we're going to, we're going to buy it. It's not that big of a deal, but it's kind of the principle of it. Of like him strong arming us to close, sure. Which but pretty, which bothers me. Yeah, but again, uh, it's business, and uh, you know, he's uh, you're the we're the cornerback with the wounded ankle. Yeah, he's coming at us. He's coming at us, and uh, it's just part of it, right? Like, uh, yeah, but we're like Ben Roethlisberger. It's like he gets better when his ankle's injured. Uh huh. I'm just saying, like. Uh, for anybody who uh, who can't can't stand the heat, then get out of the kitchen. Uh, yeah. And this is this is the way the world works. And that's what I'm saying is like this is what we're operating in. Like this is how these things play out. So you got to do the best you can. Yeah, and you can do the right thing. Yeah, totally. Um, which we do. We don't do the wrong thing. We don't uh, strong arm people. We don't hold a gun to anybody's head and say do this. Uh, all these things happen uh, because there's a you know. A transition of value from one party to another party uh and they yeah. wouldn't do it if they didn't see the value in it totally he uh you know wouldn't have agreed to sell us these duplexes at this price he's a smart guy he's talked to his realtors he's uh he he owns a lot of property he's building he knows what's going on he knows the prices of everything yeah he also knows that these properties need a ton of work they don't have the best tenants in them yeah. and uh he knew that selling at this price um uh, 
would still there was enough value in it at this price per these terms for him to do it uh same thing even now with him not fixing everything we still believe there's enough value in this deal to buy it and nobody's forcing us to do anything mm -hmm. we back out uh if yeah. we wanted to get our money back and move forward um totally yeah it's, it's good uh the you know the bible says like uh what does it profit a man to gain the world and to lose his soul and like say it again what does it profit a man to gain the world and lose his soul uh -huh. and so i'm just like we're in the business world you know it also says uh it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven than camel through the eye of a needle right um and so like it's just things to think about like when you're getting in this business world, it's easy to uh, get swept away in some of this stuff. And I'm, I'm just trying uh, to be cognizant of it. I think it's, <clears throat> and I, think, I understand that quote like deeply. Yeah. Well, I think it's easy to do the right thing. Uh, and I think it can be easy to not as well. Like if you get sure tricked, what do you mean? You, you get seduced by money or something. Um, sure. It's like, oh, we could do, you know, we could one of our guys, right? The closing and yeah, yeah. No, oh, we it. don't have to pay that twenty k back because it's already, you know, it's already done. Like closed and funded. We like that's a like. Hopefully, I believe that we would pay it back, right? But like that's a that's an actual dilemma. <laughs> closed on the deal, and the agent realized like three months later that they screwed up thirty k or twenty k, and there and it was like technically agreed to but it wasn't even turned into title and so like again back to your original point though <clears throat> things change like uh, it's not like the seller in that situation has that 30 grand uh that was every dollar was paid to the bank right mm -hmm. uh oh yeah no i know i know so it's not like like uh it's like dude things change again yeah, so like i wouldn't even have had to now i gotta pay it out of pocket <clears throat> and not through the loan mm -hmm. where i would have paid 20 percent of that 20k so i'd have had two thousand so that's where it gets tricky of like, what do you do? Well, you can figure things out, but things change. Uh, it's no longer the original <clears> circumstance <throat> in that scenario. Uh, but it, I think uh, to your point though, I think it is, uh, you know, if you're staying close to your, uh, you know, morals and doing the right thing and staying close to the word and your spiritual, mm -hmm. you know, values that you, that you live by, mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's hard to do the right thing. And I have been in a, a situation where uh, in the business world where I didn't uh, like the, the business did not sit right with me uh, spiritually or, or morally. And it was a constant conflict of, uh, you know, uh, businesses got to businesses have to make money. And I didn't feel right mm. uh, profiting from um, mm. what we were doing. And so, you know, no longer do that. Uh, and I don't feel that way here. There is no like spiritual conflict uh, working in real estate. And I don't feel like I'm taking advantage of anybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, we do try and work win-win situations. We literally ask them, what do you want to do? Right. Uh, what is the best path for you? Yeah. You know, this one, this one, this one, this one. Do you have your own idea of how we could structure this in the best way possible for you? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't feel like... Uh, if I did, mm. uh, it, it really wouldn't sit right with me and I wouldn't, I wouldn't continue to do it. And totally. I love it, man. It's good. Good stuff. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I do. It's, it's, uh, it's good to think about though. Cause things come up, 
things can get tricky. Yeah, but you know, right? Like, uh, I know when uh, it it really doesn't feel good inside if I if I'm knowingly doing something I shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, it's not. It's not even like I'm personally struggling with it. It's just I think it's more of like I know how other people think about it, and I'm maybe trying to shine some light on like. You, you know, people are like, oh, they're making money. They're taking advantage of people. It's like, no, just listen. But where is this coming from, though? Like, is this like it's you a, making it's a this? Thing. That's what people think. A lot of people like. How do you know? Well, where is this? Sure. I mean, like, I'm sure somebody people, out there. A lot of people that aren't in the business world feel that way. I believe that. So this is just you. Yeah. So, I mean, like a lot of people. I get it. But right now, this is just your idea of somebody else's possible idea that they have. Yeah. So it's not like somebody like in the last 10 days, five people. No, no, there's nothing. No. <clears throat> just interesting stuff. Well, but that may just be a false, uh, yeah, it could be. I mean, it could be from comments on, you know, social media and stuff too. I, I don't, I honestly don't really read them that much, but the ones that are there, a lot of them are negative. It's yeah. all good, dude. I ain't worried about it. Okay, good. Counseling sessions with Matt. No, I think that's, that's it. I mean, roadmap, right? Like, uh, back to the map. You know, there's a path, there's a roadmap. We're trying to create it, trying to take you guys on our journey, and we appreciate you guys. And uh, as always, let us know any thoughts or comments or opinions and come be around it. Come get entrepreneurial. Let's grow together. Appreciate you guys. Peace. See you next time.